This is exactly right. Hi, I'm Erin Welsh. And I'm Erin Almond Updike, and we're the hosts of This Podcast Will Kill You on Exactly Right. We're back with our seventh season, which is bigger and better than ever. Because guess what? We're now a weekly show. This season, we're tackling everything from long COVID to norovirus, from the supplement industry to IVF, and so, so much more. New episodes drop every single Tuesday. Follow This Podcast Will Kill You wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, all right, let's get this show started. Okay, I'd love to. Here it is. Scotty, you ready for it? Ooh, 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 I'm ready to laugh and laugh and laugh. <laughs> that was sort of <laughs> that was sweet. Pretty good. That was pretty good. <laughs> that was actually sort of beautiful. <laughs> all hail Biquette, the grindcore goat who loved punk rock. Oh, all hail Biquette. Well... No kidding around. Let's get into oh! a Bananas Live from Minneapolis Parkway Theater. Bananas. We only have a couple. We only have a couple. Welcome to Bananas! Very good. Very good. From the beautiful Parkway Theater in Minneapolis. That's where we are. Minnesota. <laughs> forgot the place of breakdown. I did forget the state. Okay. You can't. I just get Minnesota and Wisconsin confused a lot, and I know I shouldn't. <laughs> Not me. Not me. Not, not in culture or feeling. In words, okay? Not That's me. all. Good hats there. <laughs> Three good hats there. We have good hats. This we have great. great. We have a lot of bananas in the front. This is fantastic. Why do we have a one bottle on stage? What? Oh, yeah. Because last night, they stole, all the servers stole all of our Sharpies. So at, at the end of the night when, you know, we signed headshots and stuff, I went and I was like, hey, all of our Sharpies are gone. And the waitress goes, yeah, that happens around here. So I got them back. <laughs> the number one steak sauce <laughs> in the world. Also, I like <laughs> that you just quickly passed over, we signed headshots. Yeah, we do. We found pens. <laughs> The dumbest headshots ever created. Yes, sir. Yes, it is. Oh, Scotty. That's Kurt Brownoller. That's Scotty Landis. Thank you for coming out to the silliest little podcast there ever was. This is the perfect crowd. I can see. This is the most decorated or uh, costumed yeah. we've ever seen. Oh, yeah. I knew, I knew Minneapolis was going to be great. I knew that you were going to be great. Yeah. yeah. It's going to be fantastic. Oh, Scotty, yeah. how was the drive? Great drive. This, this, we, you know, we talk all the time. Six hours, just two guys mm -hmm. in a Chevy Traverse. Just chatting away. Just having fun. Maroon, so we blended right in in the Midwest. Yeah, they like a burgundy car in the Midwest. Yeah. You don't see that much on the coast. I don't know. I, I did never notice that, and then Scotty mentioned it at the top of the drive, and then we saw one billion red or burgundy yeah. cars. There's a burgundy. And I was like, wow, it's true. It is true. We had the best time. It's so fun. 
No other podcast drives. They all drive together. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Shall we get into a news story, Curdy B? I'm ready to do it. Here we go. Okay. Uh, all hell be cat. The grindcore goat who loved punk rock. And this is an amazing story. This was printed in... (laughs) Printed? This Uh, is printed. They they, printed it. They they put it on paper and printed out one copy and threw it in the trash. (laughs) This was on rock 22.9. So you know it's real. So you know it's real. The big one. And to make sure you really know it's real, the author is Adam 12. (laughs) But Adam 12, 12 is the That's damn right. Yeah, you is. guys get it. That's what we like to Here hear. Here it is. Maybe you've seen this pic pop up on your social media feeds. Is this the one I want? No, this mm-hmm. is the one I want. The kid. Oh, no. So this article is actually from the Huffington Post, written by. That sounds real. Nobody wanted to claim this one. No. That's, we recently learned that. If there's not a byline, the author was like, ah, that's okay, guys. Yeah, we're good on this. This is going to ruin the rest I of my life. I was forced at gunpoint to write this because I have to write three articles a fucking day. It happens all the time. And uh, I don't want to be associated with Piquette the Grindcore Goat dies the doing what she loves, jamming out to metal. Okay? Okay. I do. Me too. Yeah. The kid loved punk music and tobacco. Uh, <laughs> uh, great opening line. Who put doesn't? your put your name on this, okay? Yes. Grow up. She barely escaped the slaughterhouse at a young age Ooh, so she could there? stand in front of the audience at worm rot shows. <laughs> Biquette. The world-famous grindcore goat died last month in France. Oh, okay. She was just 10 years old. Oh. Uh. Piquette, quote, burned the candle at both ends. (laughs) Yeah. Living the last of her life. And ate it. Last half of her life at a communal farm in Moriac, France. She loved the attention from punk rockers that would pass through, but her real love was the stage. Yeah, sure. Said one of her caretakers, Flo, to Vice, when she wasn't rooting around her barn for cigarette butts. I mean, they are great animals. And half-empty booze bottles. She was partying with the band. Yes. What? Same, yeah. Same, yeah. All right. We heard it's a big drinking town oh here. Oh, my God. I remember in college, like, st- like standing outside when I didn't have money, well, I would stand outside the library and then wait for people to put out, like, half of a cigarette yeah. and then quickly run over and be like, <laughs> I was disgusting. She lived the rock lifestyle. Uh-huh. Flo acknowledged that it probably wasn't very good for her, but she wouldn't leave the stage for anyone. Quote, she was most connected to grind, Flo told the site this week. <laughs> Seeing as the barn floor where we throw the concerts is wooden, I think she felt the vibrations in her hooves. That's a nice way to spin it. Yeah. The majority of the time she even laid down next to the speakers. Was she also deaf? <laughs> I mean, I would hear the music with my ears before my hooves. They got big ears. (laughs) They got big ears. I've seen them. Flo says the farm saved her from a slaughterhouse when she was five years old, and she never parted from the stage after that. Videos online show her kidding around next to the stage. So fun. As onlookers giggle and live metal blasts in her face. Also, I've read five articles about Biquette, and I still can't figure out exactly what type of music it was. Yes. They say metal. They say grindcore, they say punk rock, and they think they're all interchangeable. I and I'm don't. like, but what was 
was it. Yes. Say one. <laughs> Name one. Also, that person filming there, you're totally cool to do it. You don't have to pull your... You could take pics. You could do whatever you want. This is a one and done. You're not yeah. going to burn our material, so raise that phone back up so I can see it. You pulled it down so fast in the back. You were like, oh, fuck. But also, it's a thing, like, when... I think we talked about this on the pod once, but, like, when you fall asleep in, like, class, and it's an auditorium in college like this, and you're like, there's no way the professor can see me. They can see you every time every yeah. time and when you think you're in your car and you're doing that text and you're like nobody can see me it's below the dashboard and it's below that week every time yeah. we can see you so be careful out there don't text and drive no don't text and drive don't text at a show either because it lights up your face from below and you look like a real piece you of shit you can raise that phone I'm just letting you guys know it's totally cool Photos are okay. Photos are okay. Here we go. Here we go. Uh, And then I'll just end with this one sentence summed up pretty well by a man named Daniel Peterson on Twitter. Biquette the goat sold to an abattoir after she stopped producing milk, but was rescued by punks and then spent 10 years watching grindcore bands. She could come and go as she pleased. And in the words of her rescuers, quote, escape death. Lived punk. Absolute <laughs> legend. Give it up for Biquette, everybody! Biquette the goat. Give it up for Biquette. Do they serve alcohol here? They do? Oh, yeah. Tip huge. The Banana Wolves famously staffs always like really nice fans. So yeah. keep it up if Tip you got huge. it. Tip huge. So I remember when I, I was a bit, I was, uh, I was into the punk rock when I was a kid. Yes, he was. And uh, What did your hair look like, Kurt? Oh, me? I shaved my head and just left a coxcomb of hair in the front. <laughs> That I would shape into two horns uh, and just thought that was super cool. And it was. I only wore the color green and... <laughs> I mean, can you imagine? Had combat boots and my belt was a old uh, telephone uh, cord. <laughs> Which is to say, Kurt and I met at the exact right time yes. in our lives. I had like kind after of... After that. I had, I had after that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was walking around like that selling acid. It was a great time of life. <laughs> Baltimore. It was Baltimore, baby. The city that breads. So, and I was obsessed with punk rock. And then when I started doing comedy, yes, sir. it was like this huge change, you know, where I was just like, none of these people are fucking punk rock. No. And then I saw, I remember seeing Sasha Baron Cohen like back in the day big time before like Borat had even come out one of the greats uh, when he was doing his like UK show and I saw like a video a VHS tape of the video show and I was like this is the closest like early Ollie G stuff or yeah before early the, Ollie yeah, G that stuff that shit was incredible and I was like this is the closest thing I've ever seen to punk rock and comedy and I was obsessed I was like so so obsessed with him so first time I ever go to LA I must be 30 30 31 maybe sure uh, and I go to Los Angeles I wasn't Angeles. there but I did know him. I would go to Los Angeles, and I get a call from my manager. Uh-huh. And he's like, I got an audition for you. Very cool. And I was like, great. Uh-huh. And he's like, uh, can you speak German? And I was like, no. <laughs> and he's like, okay, sorry. And hangs up. <laughs> can you speak German? I mean, Kurt Brownoller, German name. German name. Yeah. Look very ger- I look like the IT guy from the Nazis. Let's be completely honest. <laughs> no. Like a gym teacher for the Nazis. <laughs> the gym teacher for the Nazis. <laughs> yeah. Dodgeball. We are doing push-ups. Uh, we are anti-Nazi on this podcast. Yeah, yeah, we're anti-Nazi, okay? Fuck Nazis. Anti-Nazi, hands down. Sorry, yeah. Minneapolis. Might look like one, Sorry. but I'll punch them. Yeah, we're tall, All but right. no, we love Jews. Yeah. <laughs> love them. Love them. Love them. Love uh, them. Too much. 
too much. <laughs> we go Some the other would way. say it's a fetish. It's yeah, weird. We're, we're, we're like Big Cat and Grindcore. <laughs> so then he calls back like five minutes later. And he says, can you do a German accent? And I was like, like... Very badly. Okay. Like, based on, like, early 20s, like, submarine movies. Sure. You know, like, yes, hello, we are in the submarine together now, yes. you know? Yes, yes. <laughs> so he's like, I got an audition for you. And I was like, I'm sure I'm perfect for it. <laughs> so I go in, and it's his big-time casting agent. and. Okay. Uh, and I audition, and, and it's mostly improv, and so I'm, like, improvising with her and whatnot. And she's like, okay, good. And she's like, um, so I understand you can speak German. And I was like, I can't. And she's like, oh. oh. you said I can? I, she's, I, said, I said I can't. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought yeah, you said yeah, I yeah. can. Um, and she says, are you sure? Are you sure? Because your, your manager said you could speak some German. Good manager. And then I was like, oh, she's feeding me. Are you sure you can't speak German? And I was just like... Oh, well, you know, I can speak it a little bit. <laughs> oh, no. I, can, I know no German, okay? Oh, And she's like, God. okay, um, well, how about we just, do, we just talk a little bit in German? And I was like, oh, yeah, of course. Um, and I was like, do you speak German? She's like, no, no, but you, you, know, you speak to me in German. What and I was like, hell? oh, okay. Oh, God. Most so job then, interviews are like, what's your biggest weakness? And you're like, yeah. oh, I got this locked and loaded. <laughs> Too and, punctual. And so then I knew she didn't... <laughs> kind of true. I knew she didn't speak English. I mean, uh, just German. <laughs> and so then I just started making German up. And like it, like it's like Wahnsinn eins und zweiten, Unsinnsinnsinnsinnsinnsinnsinnsinnsinnsinnsinnsinnsinnsinnsinnsinnsinnsinnsinnsinnsinnsinnsinnsinnsinnsinnsinnsinnsinnsinnsinnsinnsin
whoever like comes out, they finish their audition, and then they call him, and he like jumps up <laughs> and like runs in, and then I sit in the hallway and listen to what sounds like a room of 500 people going, <laughs> scream laughing for no shit 30 full minutes. Oh, The laughter God. at no point died down. Oh, boy. There was never a breather. People were scream laughing for 30 straight minutes. Oh, my God. And then this man just skips out and puts his tiny backpack on and then skips down the hall. And then they're like, Kurt? And I was like, what is happening? Also, I don't think that guy's in the movie. I don't think the other guy got the movie. No, I that don't... guy is in the movie. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, okay, yeah. okay, okay, okay. But he didn't, he wasn't, we weren't auditioning for the same role. He was auditioning ah, for, like, his personal trainer. Okay, good. If you guys remember oh, the movie, right. do you remember that guy? Yes, okay, yeah, I got yeah, it. Yeah. That was the oh, guy. Oh, that's so funny. Uh, they loved him, obviously. They loved that fucker. So, so I walk into this room. Yes. And it is, I am not kidding. So, in the middle of the room is a giant desk. Sasha Baron Cohen is standing, or sitting behind the desk as if it's a weird job interview. Intimidating guy. Intimidating guy. He has a hat, a hat on. And then... The, every there's like maybe 35 seats in the room and they're all taken up with people. Are you kidding? I'm not kidding. Including hell? for some reason Jonah Hill. And I was like, <laughs> why the fuck is Jonah Hill here? And I was like, is Jonah in my mind? I was like, Jonah Hill's in all these rooms. He's just like, whenever you walk into a room in Hollywood, Jonah Hill is also there. Don't shit. And uh, and I was such a newbie. And I was just like, came and I was so nervous. And the, and the director was very kind. He's like, I sit down and he's like, thank you so much for coming. This is Sasha. And I like wave at him. And Sasha's like, yes. And yes, you have to impress him. He's very, yeah, you have to impress him. Yes. That's a cool personality trait. And yeah. uh, very friendly. And, and the director, the first thing the director says, so we understand you're fluent in German. Oh, shit. And I just was like, I sure am. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. And uh, he's like, all right, great. Well, we're just going to have you start off by speaking some German with Sasha. And Sasha speaks German. Yeah, of course he does. Of course he does. Of course he does. And at this point in my head, I'm like, what else can I do? And so, so like, Sasha, my comedy icon, looks at me and he's like, wie heißt denn Svart? And he says something in German. And then I, like, look him dead in the eye and I'm just like, and then just gave everybody a shit-eating grin around the room. Like, fucking nailed it. Pretty good. I bought it. And Sasha Baron Cohen looks at me like a dog who's just heard like a whistle. Because from his perspective, a person who has come in to have a job interview for the biggest job in their entire life, and when the person asks, so what's your experience, that person went, and then smiled at everyone like a psychopath. That is so good. Holy smokes, that's so good. Sasha Bercone is six foot five. He's yeah. taller than Kurt. He's taller than me. And he is, a, Kurt is, I got to gas Kurt up in the middle of the store. The best improviser I've ever seen. <laughs> like in New York, Kurt would demolish people at improv. And Sasha's obviously one of the great character actors yeah. of all time. He's excellent. But just six, Kurt is six four. So just imagine the scene in a room of 35 people in Jonah Hill. And then Kurt, 
<laughs> and no one in that room speaks German. Yes, thank God. So no one knows what's happening. And then in German, Sasha speaks to the one producer who's the German producer. Oh, fuck. And he's like, hey, it's And uh, so the German <laughs> producer looks at me and he says... Uh, uh, something about mother and father. And so I'm assuming he's asking the names of my mother and father. I realized that later. Uh, oh, but boy. I've already gone back and forth with Sasha like two or three times oh. with like kind of a long answer. Sure. So this time I just go, nine. No. <laughs> just... There's no answer to the question that has mother and father in it with just no. Yeah. Just a test to What's, baby who your, raised what himself. Your, What's your mother and father's name? No. No. Uh, Sorry, call my manager. And so then he's not good at so his job. So then Sasha goes like to the uh, to the casting agent, and uh, it's like it's going to be over. And then bless her heart, the casting agent's like he's a really good improviser, great improviser. And uh, and they're like, and the director's like, okay, uh, all right, well then, Oof. how about you hop up and uh, you start Oof. do a little you know improv with uh, with Sasha? And I was like, okay. Oh, and I was God. like, I felt much more comfortable improvising. Of course. Then I do speaking fake German. <laughs> oh, man, but I still have so to bad. speak in a German accent. Oh, sure. Uh, so then we start improvising, and he's like telling me to do demeaning things, and I'm like doing them and trying to add do to Do you think it. he was shitting on you to be you're wasting his time? Do you think yes. you. Oh. He was pissed. He's like, this guy can't speak German. I don't want him as the part. But now we're doing this fucking farce. Okay, I'm going to just like try and like shit on him. Yeah, the whole time. that's not cool. But I was still getting laughs in the room. I was getting laughs in the room. Hell yeah. And I was feeling pretty bold. My guy. And, uh, and he said, clean my glasses. At, at like the fifth demeaning thing, he's like, clean my glasses. And I was like, yeah, I want to clean them the, the most, the, the cleanest way I know how. And then I took his physical glasses and I licked them yes. all the way up yes. and over. Yes! <laughs> Nobody fucks with brown holder. And he actually got mad. Yes! <laughs> And he was like, clean the, and he broke characters, like, clean those off. Like, he was so done with me. And I was like, yes, of course, I'm so sorry. And then, like, got, like, tit Kleenex and, like, what, oh, rubbed them down. And, like, handed God. them back to me. Uh, and then they're like, you can be, thank you so much, goodbye. <laughs> and if you watch Bruno and you see his assistant, he does look almost exactly like me, but <laughs> he is fully German. <laughs> But you made a legend break. Nobody makes him break. He got wine drunk and then woke up yes. and still played Borat. And yeah. everybody's like, how did you do that? That's you how did little, it. That's how little I meant to him that he's like, I don't care. I'm breaking. Yeah, I'm breaking. Get it's this over. asshole out of my sight. Wow. Yeah. So that's the story. So you didn't book the part. I didn't book the part. Shocking. But I do have a seven to eight minute long story from it. <laughs> hey, that's cool. That's cool. <laughs> I love you. Yeah, that's interesting. That's interesting. I did work on Who is America. I can't talk about it very much because they make you sign so many NDAs. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. Yeah. But in the writer's room, I will say one interesting thing is Sasha types all his own notes. So, like, you go, maybe do this. And he just looks at you and types them, and he just stares at what he's typing. He's like, yeah, that's good. That's good. That's good. I've never met any other actor that's just like, I'm going to write down everything everybody in this room says and then can memorize it. The guy, wow. he is a freak. No, no, he is, he is, he's a genius. He's genius level. There's no argument about that. Um, I definitely, uh, but he was right. that I, <laughs> You weren't right for the part. That, that is I fair. I did not speak German. He that could is fair. sniff that out with his monster brain uh, that I was not speaking German to him. 
Could someone in this lovely staff please provide me with a vodka soda, please? Thank hey. you very much. I'll go. Kurt, Give you want me, me to do a one? goddamn story, Scotty. I'm Scotty. My voice sounds like this. People still get it confused. Yeah. That is Kurt. Yeah, last night someone was like, Scotty, and I'm like, I'm Kurt. And they're like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, it changed their world. Yeah, I don't get it. I don't see it. I do not. I cannot imagine well, I you having it. my voice. It it's would be upsetting. so upsetting. Yeah, I would rule the world. I would just call you and listen all night. Um... Sarah Reinhardt sent this in. Sarah, are you here? No? Okay. Okay. Seems like a nice lady. Thanks for sending it in. Um, (laughs) This was in yahoonews.com. Yahoo! I've heard of that. I've heard of that. Written by the best in the business, Michael Life, who is easily the... Michael Life is a tight name. My name's Michael Life. Michael Life? L-I-F-E. Mikey. Mikey loves life. Mr. Life. He loves life. Woman charged $8,000 after a rental car company claims she drove the distance of the Earth's circumference in three days. (laughs) 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 Oh, woman charged $8,000 after a rental car company claims she drove the distance of the Earth's circumference in three days. Thank you. They do the math later, so don't you worry. I'll tell you what that would entail. Oh. Fuck, this is so funny. <laughs> a woman who rented a car in Toronto was charged $8,000 after the car rental company claimed she drove nearly the Earth's distance, a circumference in three days. Spoiler alert, she didn't. <laughs> Michael Life. Best Fucking in the rental car companies suck we so much. We hate them so much. The car this morning sucked, right? I am every, like, they, I rented a car this morning. They were like, oh, yeah, yeah, no problem. Go ahead. And I was just like, oh, can I get maybe a nicer version of what I re- reserved? They're like, sure, it's $40 more. And I was like, I can pay it. And, and I, I upgraded and I go out and I get into a car that smells like that someone not only had been smoking in it, but then had taken the cigarettes and buried them into the fabric. Very cool. Goats and then it. left, and it had 48,000 miles on it. That's and I was lot. just, you have to, and I was just like, I can't, I can't. And they're just like, oh, well, we were trying to get you to take the lemon. But okay, here's the other one right next door to it that you could have it. It's a perfect All gassed car. up and ready to go. Fuck these people. Spoiler alert, she didn't. It would be pretty much physically impossible. Okay, Michael. Yeah. It would be physically impossible. The pretty much doesn't help us there. 20, 72 hours to go 22,000 miles? Correct. In a car. Uh, anybody good with math? <laughs> How many miles per hour would you oh, have to it, drive? Oh, I'm getting to it. Don't you worry. Oh, they do it? Oh, yeah. Uh, Michael Life doesn't leave any stone unturned. See, this is what you get. You get paid to write this article. You got to do a little bit of math. He's on Yahoo News. He ain't no Bing dork. Okay. Unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, when the customer called the car renters and her credit card company to report the mistake, they encountered, uh, she encountered an epic runaround. Her name is... <sighs> Giovanna Boniface. <laughs> the most Canadian name you've ever heard in your life. Giovanna Boniface. If I was like, they were in the Amalfi Coast, she had a little Fiat. It was Giovanna Boniface. No. Toronto resident. <laughs> Giovanna Boniface. Uh, rented the car from Avis three uh-huh. days uh, this month while traveling to Toronto. 
um, to help her daughter get settled in college. Mm. That is nice. Sweet. Boniface said she drove a GMC Yukon Denali between the airport, downtown Toronto, and then to Kitchener, Ontario, mm-hmm. where she visited her mother-in-law. What a nice lady Giovanna yeah. is. Yeah. Let's charge her $8,000 fucking dollars. Probably more than tuition. <laughs> Kitchener, for our Chinner, for those who don't know, is about an hour outside of Toronto. So mm-hmm. one hour. Yep. <laughs> this would be like um, a resident of New York City renting a car to get around the city. And then, <laughs> Michael, what are you doing? <laughs> New York City, then renting a car to get around the city and then to a nearby upstate commuter town. Kirk, can you imagine that? I can imagine it. A nearby upstate commuter town. There's a ton of them, bud. Just pick one and name one. You know, you like in Poughkeepsie? Minneapolis. That's fine. You just drive around Minneapolis a little bit, then to a slightly up to Eden Prairie, perhaps. That's south, right? Yeah. That would be like driving one hour outside of any city on the fucking planet. For example, Michael Life doesn't want anybody in the dark ever at Yahoo News. <laughs> like your city, but whatever's one hour north of it. Holy smokes. Boniface said she had driven about 186 miles when she turned the car into the airport and checked into a flight and then flew to Europe. So she gets on a plane to oh. Europe. Doesn't know this is happening. While waiting to board, she checked her credit card account online. That's when I noticed this charge. Excuse me. That's when I noticed this charge for over $8,000 from Avis. Boniface, oh my God. Reviewing her receipt, Boniface saw that Avis had charged her for driving uh, 22,668 miles at the rate of 25 cents per mile. (laughs) Boniface said she would have had to drive for 72 hours straight at approximately 320 miles an hour. (laughs) 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 Oh, God. Oh, man, I wish she had. Three, I know. Just all over Canada. I know. How many times is that around Canada? Oh. I drove around Canada five times. Oh, God. (laughs) 320 (laughs) miles an hour for 72 hours straight. No pay stops. It's so funny to think about a, a, what what kind of car was it? A Denali. Denali. So it's an SUV. To think about it going 320 <laughs> I know she can't even pull her arms off. Tires the, like, just ripping off. To like steer. Yeah. Birds and bats <laughs> just smashing into the windshield. I can't stop. I have to do this. I have so much money. <laughs> Michael Life wants everybody in this theater to know that it would be the equivalent of driving New York to LA eight times in three days. Uh, <laughs> That's good. That's a good reference That is. We can visualize that. Thank you, Michael Life. (laughs) At first, the shock customer wanted uh, to go back through security, and TSA said no. She wanted to go to the Avis counter and to the airport entrance, but lines of security were so long, she didn't have time, and she would have missed her flight. She tried to call the airport Avis, but nobody picked up the phone. Are you shocked? No. No. Uh, Boniface. (laughs) Boniface. Giovanna Boniface from (laughs) Vancouver, Toronto. Boniface then called Avis through their main phone number, but was disconnected two times before Mm. she had to board her flight. (laughs) I mean, the stress of this flight. 
Then after she landed in Paris, I've heard of that. Boniface called uh, Visa to dispute the transaction, but the credit card company, their hands said their hands were tied because the charge was still pending. After almost a week, she had reported the epic billing mistake to the media. Smart. Yeah. Boniface got a call from Avis telling her she'd get a refund for the overcharge. So they charged her. Oh, they actually charged her. And then refunded her. Avis said that it has since apologized to Giovanna Boniface for the erroneous uh, erroneous billing, but didn't explain how the mistake happened, which is so good. What? No one? There's been no explanation? No queen. It just went for it. Overall, it it was not good customer service, she said. And the most frustrating thing was not getting through to customer service in any kind of timely way. Uh. So for almost a week in Paris, she had a $8,000 charge on her credit card. Uh, That's fucking crazy. crazy. Damn. I cannot wait. If you just started a company that's like, we're not dicks, we'll rent you a car, and then... And that's what you did. I, that would be amazing. I would use that. I can't wait for like some sort of thing to come around where it's just like it's destroyed the rental car industry. Yeah. The new button on your phone where a car pops out of your asshole. Yeah. Well, that would do it. That would be that awesome. That would revolutionize it. Also, it's so funny for anybody here who has no idea what bananas is, and this is your first yeah. time seeing it. It's like, hey guys, welcome to bananas. Yeah, how many people is your first time? First time, raise your hands. Oh, great. Nice. Thanks awesome. for coming. Thanks for coming. Thanks <laughs> for coming. Three dudes in the front row. Great shirt. Front row. They're with a diehard <laughs> banana, I think. So, Scotty, tell me a story. When I was in Brooklyn, New York, uh, which is, uh, if you drove back and forth between Brooklyn, New York, and LA eight times in 72 hours, that would be 22,000 miles. <laughs> um, a, I was pretty young. I was like 23, 24, and there was a young group of friends, and we all kind of met, and then my friend started dating this really wonderful woman, and I'm going to use all fake names in this. So her yeah. name was Sarah. Um, okay. It was not her name. Great. But... Uh, Sarah went to an all-women's college, Mm -hmm. and so all all her friends who also had recently moved to New York were also all women. Okay, great. And so my friend group was very into this idea, Uh and there is one woman in this group who I will name. Let's what? Give me any name, female name. Darlene. Darlene. Wow. Okay. Make it a little difficult to tell this story. Yep. There's one woman named Darlene who's very beautiful. And in her teenage years, she was a model for a bunch of limited and all these different uh, catalogs. Oh, my goodness. And every guy that I was friends with would at least try to strike up a conversation with her at a bar at some point. Uh-huh. And she would always politely shut them, shut them down. She was a very nice person. Mm-hmm. And so this went on for like a year or two. But anytime anybody said anything, like, should we do... A tough mutter. Should we go to see a concert at Madison <laughs> like Square Garden? The first option was. She did a tough mutter. Should we do a tough mutter? She did a tough mutter. Also, it belies what time this was. Yeah, 20. When that was an option for what you might do. 2006 ish. <laughs> Uh, this concert, that art gallery, whatever, and uh, Darlene would always say yes. So one night I'm out with my friend who's dating Sarah, and Darlene comes. And we're all getting drunk in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. And finally I go, Darlene, what do you do? And she goes, what do you mean? And I go, you say yes to everything. Yeah. What do you do? Like, did you just save so much for modeling? Like, I know that's a rude question to be like, how do you have money? But it was to the point where, yeah. like, nobody knew what this person did. And she just said, want to go to Hawaii? I'll be there. And she drops her head. And she says, I'm an escort. 
And Sarah didn't know. And my buddy, Brian, didn't know. And I didn't know. And I go, that's fantastic. I love this. And Sarah's like, really? Like, had hidden it for years. So I said, well, what's the most interesting story you have yeah. about this? Yeah. Like, I was like, don't, t- don't talk sex. I want to know, like, what's interesting about this job? And she goes, I have one. <laughs> so this is what she told me. And when, this I, is, when I uh, named her Darlene, I... You know, I really didn't anticipate where this story was going. It makes it so much better. I love the idea of Darlene as your sex work name. Because nobody's thinking of anything but Roseanne. Everybody's like, that's Roseanne's daughter. That is correct, right. What do you want to call me? Celeste, Darlene. So she goes, oh, man, I, I'm so glad I get to tell this on a live show. She said, oh, and also she's out of the business. She no longer does that anymore. It's not her profession. So I'm not like, she's, it's, this is never going to come back around to mm-hmm. Darlene. She says, I have one client who lives on the Upper West Side, and he works for a big German bank. Mm-hmm. Deutsche Bank. Maybe. I'm not I mean, is there it? another one? There isn't another one. Uh, allegedly, that it could one literally be. means German bank. It could be that one. And once a month, I go up there and I have to wear like a uh, a Betty Draper sort of a homemaker dress from like the 1950s, 60s. And she has to. <laughs> oh wow. Yeah. So she goes up there. She has to go at a very specific time mm-hmm. on a Saturday. And she, she has to knock on the door, no doorbell. And the door opens, and the German banker is standing there in a white T-shirt and khakis. And he doesn't say anything. And she has to ignore him and walk past him into the apartment and say, I'm home, I'm home. Uh. And then she's not allowed to bring her phone, and she's not allowed to bring a laptop. She's only allowed to read books and magazines. That is like one of the rules, and she's only allowed to be in the living room or the kitchen. At that point, (laughs) oh man, I'm 23 or 24, sitting in a bar listening to this like, one day I will have a podcast. They don't exist yet. (laughs) You're just like memorizing every little moment. Oh my, like a stenographer. Like I had a little stenographer up here just being like, go, do it, say every word. You guys know he does. He has a stenographer in his mind. So... Oh, man. So I'm home. Oh, I'm so ready. He goes into his bedroom. He <laughs> he comes out. Oh, also, this doesn't really matter, but he, she said he was about like five foot four, like 130 pounds, like a pretty petite man. Um, he comes out fully naked, unaroused. Unaroused. She has to preset the oven. <laughs> Darlene has to preset the oven. You mean preheat the oven? Yeah, preset. Yeah, yeah, preheat. Sorry, sorry. Somebody doesn't do a lot of baking. Somebody doesn't know baking. (laughs) She has to boil the oven. She boils the oven for a little while. Sparkles and heats. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, she lights a sparkler. (laughs) Turns the gas on. Toss. Preheats the oven. He has built a second oven in his kitchen. What? Huge. Next to the actual one. 
From this point on, she, uh, Darlene, uh, lifts him up. Wait, what? <laughs> she, Kurt, what don't you understand? She lifts the nude German banker up. He, wait, he has a human-sized oven that's next to his real oven? Yes. Yes. Oh, boy! This is what Deutsche Bank money gets you. Yes. You fucking anything you want. Also, I wasn't going to tell this story, but you doing your German thing reminded me of the story. <laughs> this is why it's so fun. I've never told this on the pod. I can't believe it. I cannot, I cannot believe you've never told it. Okay, but I'm going to need some help from the audience for this next part. So she lifts him up and puts him in a baking tin, an aluminum tin, <laughs> face down. And then when you cook... When you cook a bird, like a chicken or turkey or whatever, and you tie the legs, right? What's that called? Trussing. 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 I thought it was trussing. I didn't want to sound like an idiot because of somebody. Um, So then she would tie them up and truss them. Then she would rub them with butter (laughs) and water and baste them and rub them in and say, this is going to be the best one ever. That was like a big thing. She said she would have to say that constantly for three or four hours. This is gonna be the best one yet. This is gonna be the best one ever. Then uh, she had, Darlene had an egg timer, uh, you know, an hour timer, and she would turn it to an hour, and then she would leave him on the counter in the kitchen in a tin, trussed and buttered and seasoned and basted and wet, and then have to read a magazine for 15 minutes. If I'm lying, lightning can kill me right now. (laughs) Then, ding, she walks over, opens the fake oven that has a red light in it, a red light bulb, and slides him in. That was the hardest part of the thing. She said she had to take him from the counter in a tin into the fake oven and slide him in where she would cook him like a turkey for four hours. He stayed, he stayed in that position. Stayed for... in that position the entire time. She would set the timer, because when you cook a turkey, you got to baste it. So she would pull him out every hour or so, brush him with a basting brush and water. She'd have to yell to non-existent family, smells good, best one yet, best one ever. Put him back in. Go back and read another magazine or two. Then when it was done, so ding, turkey's done, pull him out, put him on the counter, put him on a platter, cut the binds, and then she had to walk away. Darlene had to go into a living room and where she couldn't see him. She never had sex with this man. She never touched his penis ever. She never complimented him saying he's the best turkey she's ever cooked, <laughs> that everybody's going to be so excited. Then he would go into the bedroom and take a shower. Then she would go and stand by the door with a purse. She had to have, a, oh, she had gloves on too, like white gloves, like, the, yeah, little frilly little white gloves. And she would have to like look through her things and he would come out in a white t-shirt and khakis, hand her a check for $12,000. $12,000. And that was in like 2005 or something. Yes. That's and- worth $100,000 now. And then she would have to take it and thank him and put it in her purse and button it. And then he would say, I will see you next month. 
and then she would leave. And she did it for two years. She cooked him 24 times. Isn't that incredible? First off, Darlene is my hero. Darlene's the greatest. Darlene is the greatest. <laughs> I don't know if it came with anything, but I think so. <laughs> it didn't I, come with anything. She didn't stuff him, I know that. <laughs> no, I don't think so. I think it was just cooking a turkey. And I was talking, I have a friend out in L.A. who's a sex worker now. And she said, how much is it, 12000 She goes, that's exactly right. She said, what? that's, yeah. She said, like, for her level, four hours would be, like, three grand an hour at that level to do something so specific. But Darlene was like, it's amazing. I've never fucked this dude. But he basically, she was making a ton of money. So all of us were making, like, 20 grand a year. And she's making that in two months cooking a German bank or, like, a turkey. <laughs> she was the best. I, oh, like, the one that got away. <laughs> oh, well, Okay. Oh my Isn't God. that incredible? It's so amazing. So glad to tell to Minneapolis. <laughs> All right, on that, let's take a little break here. I'll tease us into our next, uh, our next story. Are you ready for it? Oh, I cannot wait. Oh, this one's got to be great. We have to oh, do this one. Uh, wow. Yeah. A lot of the German shit. Oh, it's right. That's maybe too German then. Okay. Uh, do that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, here Thank it is. You. We love Germans. Tease us in. But not that much. <laughs> you know what we're saying. An Ice Age bison was discovered, then soon eaten once the foul taste was smothered. Uh, that coming up soon. Oh. On the on. I thought you were gonna do your banana. <laughs> <laughs> We'll be right back with more Bananas Live in Minneapolis! And we are back in Minneapolis! At the Parkway Theater. We uh, are back, baby. We are back. You know what we need? We need somebody to go get uh, the confessions. The bowl of confessions. Right, Me please. Meanwhile, we're going to do a little bit of longest banana. Let's do a longest banana first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's, who, who came from the farthest away to be here tonight? Tonight. Who? Where? New Mexico oh. for the show? For the show? That what? counts. For the show? Baltimore also Woo! counts. New Mexico's going to win, I think. South Dakota, That's pretty I think close, it's closer. Though, isn't it? I don't understand geography because oh, no. I don't know where anything is. New Mexico's is. definitely leading the way. Yeah. Thank you very Anybody much. Anybody beat New Mexico? Thank you. Get wow. on up here. Get up here. We could sign a headshot too, Curtie B. What size? What's your name? What? Joe? Joe? Nice. Give it up for Joe, everybody. Hold on, let's sign one of these, too. All right, I got some shout-outs, Curtie B, and we got a buttload. You can start reading these if you need to. Yes, we got great confessions. Also, Denver was so insane for confessions. There was one group that brought, like, 30 that they pre-wrote and just stuffed, and they were... One of them, which if you heard the pod, it's okay if you didn't, but they were like, I used to 
freeze my shit, yeah. slice it thinly, and then sneak up to strangers and slide that slice into their pockets. That's one of the strangest things. I write horror movies. Yeah. And I did not sleep. I slept. Um, okay, I got some shout-outs. <laughs> Amanda tells us the band Winter State is here. <laughs> is this here? What's Winter up, State? Winter State? They listened to us in the van. We shouted you guys out before, right? Nice. Great. Right on. Are you playing anywhere in the area soon? Okay. Tonight, right after the show. Um, thanks for coming, guys. Nice to meet you. Yeah, thank you. Hannah is shouting out Kyle, who just got promoted. Kurt, why is that a big deal? Why? Because his promotion means that he leads a team that conserves millions of Thank acres you. of habitats of wildlife across the Midwest. That's awesome! Get up for Kyle. <laughs> Kyle, are you here? What size? Let's go get you a drink. Oh, we'll do it again. We'll do it again. <laughs> we'll do it again. Tell him the thanks. We we love habitats. It's super important to us. Um, Emma wants to shout out Sophie for becoming a doctor today. She defended what? her dissertation today. Are you here? Oh, it's you? What are, South Dakota? What are you? What are you a doctor of? That kind of counts! That kind of counts! Am I missing anybody? Uh, people send them up to the last minute. I'm so sorry if I missed anybody. It is actually a lot of DMs. But I do want to bring up one person. Tony, bring that jacket up here, please, onto the stage. My good friend from Minneapolis, Tony Tompkins, a Twitter friend turned real friend, because this jacket, he told me, the inside of it has been <laughs> signed by the What's seminal, that, yeah, signed by the seminal <laughs> band, Big Bad Voodoo Daddy. Please show them. <laughs> so we're gonna sign the inside of this as if we're like the second saxophone player and the second trum okay, uh, trombone player. Big Bad Voodoo Daddy. Yeah, give it up for Tony, everybody. A true diehard but animal, and I mean that bury him in that jacket, Jeremy, right? You got it. I'm good with names. Sorry, bud. Um, and that's all I got, Curtie B. Great. Thank you for everybody coming out. We're so happy to see you. We truly love Minneapolis. We knew the show was going to be great. Yeah. So now it's time for some hot, 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 hot I, confessions. I've got some pretty great confessions here. All um, right. You're going to get absolved. Right off the bat. When Holy I was a shit. kid, I would climb trees and then masturbate. All right. You're I absolved? get it. I get it. I don't. And that's why we're funny that's together. That's why we're, de we're buddies. Um, <laughs> I try to be supportive, but sometimes my student is just dumb. <laughs> my mom was a teacher. You were absolved. Sometimes student is just dumb. Sometimes sometime student dumb. Hope you're not an English teacher. Uh-huh. I was one of three volunteers at my first and only shift at Wildlife Rehab Center. I did not know what I signed up for before we got started stimulating orphaned baby squirrels' pee holes and poop holes to get them to go potty. I said I needed to use the restroom and just left. Oh my God, what? I bypassed the bathroom, walked straight to my car and never came back. <laughs> You are absolved. You are absolved. That is a beautiful confession. We've gotten this one before in other cities, which makes me realize it is an epidemic. 
Oh, man. I used to be a teacher and would often crop dust near the desks of kids that drove me nuts. <laughs> they were rancid, and I always laughed. <laughs> I always laughed them out for... Oh, man. I don't know what this says. I'm just going to say I always laugh for farting on them. It does not say that. I regret nothing. You're absolved. Teacher's rule. <laughs> Some kids are just real jerks. <laughs> that was pretty nice. Here it is. I think Weezer's overrated, and I'm, af I'm afraid to tell my friends. <laughs> <laughs> they are, though. They are. They have a couple. They have, like, a, yeah, the first not a bad is band. Good. People like Pinkerton. <laughs> yeah, I never Bl got into it. People I like had, Pinkerton. I had sex with a tampon, and then it got stuck in me, and a doctor had to remove yeah, it. Yeah, I did that. I had that once. I had the exact same thing happen. <laughs> I was on the other end of it, oh, but it was right. not great. It was not wow. great. Oh, my God. I'm so sorry. It was fine for me. They had a pinball machine in the waiting room. I'm kidding. It sucked, <laughs> but not as much for me. <laughs> I've been avoiding my mom for the past month because I'm not coming home for the holidays. Ooh. That's fine. There's two <laughs> holidays. You can go to one of them. <laughs> In high school, I used to work, walk out of stores with their cardboard cutouts. <laughs> Hannah Montana was my favorite. Um, I'm in love with taking photos of bathroom signs. That's fine. That seems like pretty nice. That's yeah. okay. You're not a creepy perv or anything. You're absolved. That's great. Do what you love forever. I don't have a confession because I always get drunk and tell everyone everything. <laughs> we, we know. That's me. That's me, baby. That's funny. <laughs> I know. It is funny. Yeah, I went to a therapist a few years ago, and after the second session, she's like, do you have, like, a good friend group? I'm like, I have a great friend group. She's like, yeah, you just seem really open, and you're able to... Do you talk to them about stuff? I'm like, everything. She's like, you don't have to come back if you don't want. <laughs> and I didn't. Uh, we have good friends. This is one of them. Yeah, baby. I like to walk around my apartment naked while doing hip thrusts to Tell Me Baby by the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Oh, I don't know that song, though. That's definitely a dude, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's some, sla that's some slappies. My dog thinks my boogers are treats. <laughs> that's if I don't have a tissue, I give the dried up mucus morsel to him. Don't you do it, you freaks. Now he runs over and stares with anticipation don't. when he sees me knuckle deep. I love oh. that. Also, knuckle deep to refer to your nose is... Crazy. You got a lot of knuckles in there. It makes you wonder, though, why does the finger and the nostril, they're, like, perfectly sized? Knuckles deep. I've never listened to bananas. That's so fine. That's no okay. Problem. So, but I've heard the ads on MFM, so I'm here now. That's fine. We love My Favorite Murder. I'm a murderino. Give me, give me one more, Scotty. These are anonymous. I shit my pants in church this Sunday. I didn't go to church. What? Oh, I don't go to church. This is just, she just shit her pants on Sunday, I think. Wait, what? You're absolved. That's fine. It's part I like of the being idea alive. that, like, you went into the church to shit your pants. And I have like, something to say. It. Bucket list completed. That's right. Shit pants in church. Okay. We're going to hit a hitter. We're going to hit a home run. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
90, oh, this is good. I think okay. this is relevant to our interests as people. Okay. 95% of the time, I went to youth group, uh, when I went to youth group as a teen, I skipped out to have sex with my boyfriend in my car. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. That's cool. I sat in the front tonight, felt too exposed, and moved to the back. Yeah. We're nice. We're nice. We're very nice. We don't heckle. We don't haze. We throw candy, occasionally T-shirts, and koozies. In high school, in Catholic private high school, my friends and I did ecstasy before dance. The religion teacher was a chaperone and kicked my friend out at the dance for, quote, acting funny and having a boner. <laughs> All right, there we go. There we go. Keith Raniere, everybody. Yeah. All right, you guys ready to hear this story? Thank you for your confessions. Let's get back you into... You are all absolved. You're all absolved. <laughs> Anybody want this bottle of A1 sauce? There's still plenty in there. There's a lot. It's free to a good family. Uh, here it is. Uh, this was sent in by Jessica Hemi. Ooh, thank you, uh, Jessica Hemi. She's great. She's uh, awesome. We love her so much. She's gonna... So this was uh, in NPR, written by Vanessa Roma, who Ooh. happens to be the... All right. An Ice Age bison was discovered, then soon eaten once the foul taste was smothered. What? Here it is. In 1979, researchers unearthed the mummified body of a 55,000-year-old steppe bison in the Alaskan tundra. Shortly after, they sliced off a piece of its neck Mm. to eat. Mm. Here's a news story. Here's a news story told in rhyme. So, wait. Okay. What? They're yeah. going to tell the story of a dead Arctic bison in rhyme? I don't know why. Here it is. What rhymes with bison? We'll find out. Dyson. Not back in 79, it did I'll tell you what. Yeah. Dyson is not in this story. This is not a traditional story. Not many names or dates, so don't worry. Oh, oh you're right not off kidding. The bat. I don't like it. You're not kidding. It's also thought- not incredibly timely, but it's about a Ice Age step bison and a man whose thought process defies me. That's Let's, a near rhyme. That's, that's not a, a near real rhyme. rhyme. That's a near rhyme. Let's start with the creature lived more than 55,000 years ago, was brought to his knees by a lion ancestor foe. Down foe, went the counts. bison on permafrost ground, which kept him from being eaten or found. Good. N- neither predator nor man disturbed the behemoth mass as it remained encased in a protective frozen glass. Okay. Leaping forward to 1979, a team of explorers venture out to mine. Yes. Gold is what they're on the lookout for. On the spot where the bison and hit the floor uh. with a hydraulic mining hose. They melted away some frozen sludge till someone said, Where's Whoa, stop, hey! Oh, they're getting funny. They reported their findings to University of Alaska Fairbanks officials. Oh, that's so bad. Dale Guthrie led the excavation, limiting interstitials. What NPR? You have fallen from such heights. The skeleton, the skin, the muscles, all in near impe- impeccable condition. Guthrie named it Blue Babe, then sliced off, sliced off a piece for a culinary mission. You know what we can do, he asked. Host a dinner party, and with cooking the meat, I'll be tasked. The Blue Babe neck steak served eight. With veggies and spices and lots of booze, they ate. Years later, writing about the taste, Guthrie said, when thawed, one could mistake the aroma for beef, not unpleasantly earthy, but once in the mouth, his wife, Mary Lee Gurthy. Yes! <laughs> it's only two. 
told podcasters yeah, from Gimlet it was worse than beef jerky. All right, we lost, lost us again. Still, it was a great party. She fondly remembered a dreamy symbolism of the meal that endured. Remembered and endured. No, that person that doesn't, doesn't know what words rhyme means. No, they should have ended on it, the girthy. It was a feast by all counts, a true celebration, an imagining of the human experience on Earth, she said with elation. Okay, that counts. <clears throat> Honestly, I thought everyone would love that so much more. Not me. <laughs> Not me. That was so bizarre. We were all like, what? But, cause, I... but it's that a group of people found a 55,000-year-old a frozen buff bison. And because it was 1979, they're like, they well, let's it. fucking eat it. We're all on acid anyway. Let's eat it. Yeah, it was different And they back then. did. It was different back There was then. no laws. No, sir. Uh, so I wanted to actually write a stand-up set in rhyme, and now I know no one likes that, so... Yeah, don't do that. Do not. Please, I God. I will do not, not do that. Um, but I did do a... I did, do, you remember, do you remember That Sounds Like My Day? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, our, oh, This is like a bit that was like oh, maybe my God, yes. 15 years ago. I wrote a bit where it was like the setup for it... <laughs> yeah, I remember <laughs> the this. The setup for it was... Uh, I had a dream when I was 12 years old when I saw that Police Academy movie and I saw the sound effects guy. Uh, but unfortunately, I was born with a, a speech defect. Jones. And, yeah. I was, and I let that dream die. Oh, that's sad. Yeah. Dreams, are, they don't let them die. But recently, I've been... How'd it go? Recently, I've been training with a vocal coach. Oh, my God. And now I am ready to, to present to you... That sounds like my day. All right, let's get him to do it. Let's get him to do it. Give me um, three no, do no, it. No, no, no. Three do it. Ready? Do it. Do <laughs> it. Do it. That sounds all right, like my all right, day. All right, I'll try. Oh my god! Oh, this, right. is, this is my favorite bit. You start. Uh, all right. So that sounds like my day. Oh my god! I'm, um, I'm about to die. First, I wake up and I brush my teeth. <laughs> Oh, now it's time to go to work. What's wrong? Better check the oil. Oil's fine. There we go. Now I'm at work. Ah, time to turn on my computer. Oh. Oh, it looks like I, I've got email. You've got mail! <laughs> Telephone's ringing. Hello? <laughs> it's mom. Hi, mom. <laughs> okay, I gotta go fax something. <laughs> Crunch it much. Crunch it much. Oh, the fax machine always breaks. I gotta go home. <laughs> Now it's time to go to bed. <laughs> and that's my day. That sounds a lot like my day. I haven't done that in a very long time. I am crying. I Nobody think I like. Oh my God. 
Oh, fuck. Okay, thank you. I think I like the You've Got Mail the most because it's such a dated reference. The fact that the computer would say that is so funny to me. <laughs> I know, it's so innocent. It's so innocent. It's like an innocent time. Yeah, it's like, this is how it works, asshole. <clears throat> when I was in college and uh, when, on like the nights I didn't go out, like Friday or Saturday nights with big nights, or Thursday, Thursdays or whatever, I had really good speakers for some reason. I had a gateway computer. But it came with Boston Dynamics or whatever speakers, uh-huh. like banging speakers. So I used to put them in my window and I would play... Like um, Harry Belafonte, like Deo, as loud as I could. I would play fun stuff that all the drunks coming back from frat row and stuff would like be like, yeah, what's up? And they would do that. And then I would be hanging out and I'd pass out. And then somebody would sign in to AOL Instant Messenger. And my thing, my alert was a cash register. So at the volume of a Metallica concert, it would go, <laughs> at like 5 a.m. and I'd be like, oh, Jesus Christ. (laughs) The good old days. I was in Philly Philly last weekend doing shows and uh, are you guys familiar with Wawa? Is anybody from the East Coast here? (laughs) Wawa, for those of you who don't know, is the best, it's one of the best convenience stores on the entire planet. Yeah, it's like love. It's named after like the name, like the native name for a Canadian goose. Very Just Wawa. It's so fucking... It's what I would name a goose. Yeah. Wah, wah. It's so fucking great. Best sound effect yet. That's exactly what the name of the animal is. Yeah, I boy. would name every animal exactly what they sound like. That's a quack quack. That's a wah, wah. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. What a show. I would watch that nature I would, show. I would. Oh, I would watch that nature show so much. <laughs> I... Uh, and Fuck. I noticed, so the way that Wawa works is there's like a, a, a keypad and you like enter your order in and then it comes up on the other side and then they make your sandwich or whatever it is. But I noticed while I was there and I'd never noticed this before. Sure. As it comes up, mm-hmm. it, it plays this digital chime that goes, bam, 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 like, like a herald, like announcing an order, like, dun, 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 like a little horns. And I was like, this, I, my heart goes out to everyone who's ever had to work at Wawa. No shit. Where they're like, just like trying to do your job. And it's like, dun, 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 my majesty, the prince, <laughs> would like a sloppy Joe extra wet. <laughs> Shrimp salad on wheat. This was sent in by Cody. Cody. Just Cody. Do we have any Cody's here tonight? You know, that's a nice name. Good job. Oh. We're going to act like it was you. All right. If you want A1, you let me know. I know a guy. This was on... Man, this sounds so fake. Goodnewsnetwork.org, written by that Good News Network network staff. Who are, <laughs> let's say, Media Mist in the Biz. Who are they? <laughs> oh, we confused everybody. Media Mist in the Biz. Yeah. You want to do it again? Real loud. Media Mist in the Biz. One, two, three. Media Mist in the Biz. Media, yeah, I know mid is cool Network. with Gen Z to be like very mid. Medium is so much funnier. To be like, they're a medium talent. It's like, oh, Jesus, that's so harsh. <laughs> Man, swept out to sea. Mm-hmm. Always a good start. Yeah. If you're ever bored yeah. in a bar, you don't know anybody at a party, you're the only person there, your friends are running late, and somebody's like, hey, how are you? How's your week? Or whatever. Been like, There was a man that was swept out to sea. Everybody will be like, I'm listening to her. She knows stuff. <laughs> 
Another good tip, by the way, Kurt, <laughs> is to ask people, are there any destination weddings they're going to, to this year that they don't want to go to? People go, yes, actually there is. Virginia Beach, my cousin Monica. And you're like, here we go, now we're friends. Man swept out to sea survives 18 hours by clinging to a soccer ball. What? <sighs> Wilson, give me this story. Strong current swept a 30-year-old man out to sea while he was on the beach, uh, on a beach vacation. But reminiscent of the movie Castaway, mm-hmm. he now has a soccer ball to thank for his survival. The Macedonian man spent 18 hours holding onto a partially deflated leather soccer ball oh in the God. Aegean Sea oh before God. he was rescued 15 miles what? from where he began. Oh, my God. That's far. That is really far. Avis would charge you $6,000 to go that yeah. far. <laughs> That's a callback, baby. <laughs> Though a good swimmer. Oh, this is also why the uh, Good News Network staff.org, this is why they are medium. This just, no last name. They just say, Though a good swimmer, Ivan, so now we're learning his name. Ivan. Ivan just first name. <laughs> Though a good swimmer, comma, Ivan was growing tired when his luck changed. So he was out there swimming. By himself. Yes, sir. No ball. You got it. And the rainbow-colored soccer ball came floating towards him. Like, well, See? This is beautiful. All-inclusive ball comes over. That's right. Minneapolis, you're great about that stuff. That's gorgeous. Everyone's welcome, including Ivan. But fully inflate your balls. Um... (laughs) When news broke about Ivan's real-life Wilson-style experience, a, a, a mother of a pair of Greek children, so a mom with two Greek children, a Greek mom with two Greek children, somebody's Greek, and they have kids. Yeah. <laughs> Reported that the colorful ball had ended up in the sea 10 days earlier what? while the boys were playing football on the Isle of Lemnos, 80 miles away. Lemnos? Sounds fake. Sounds, sounds like I, It sounds like if I was like, Kurt, did you vacation in Greece? And you like got a stomach bug and you didn't go. And I'm like, Where, what islands did you visit? I was on Lemnos. There we go. And I go, very cool, interesting. I heard they Classic. have good tzatziki. I just kicking soccer balls in the ocean the whole time. Yeah. What's Hoping up, kids? You're bothering somebody. my vacation, punt. So uh, 15 miles at sea, 80 miles away, the soccer ball goes in. They meet in the Aegean Sea. 80 miles away? Think about that for five seconds. That's insane. Ivan was thankfully spotted by the Greek Air Force. A helicopter was involved with the search team, and they pulled Ivan. I know. Why is that? A helicopter was involved. Uh, Really, the Greek Air Force, they weren't just boating on up there? We should be up there, sir. Go kick this rainbow soccer ball. <laughs> they flew a pontoon plane uh, on the water. With, Those, are the the air. Those are the best. <laughs> Those are the best. Those are the best. Okay. They pulled what Ivan from the water. They took him to the hospital. Yes. He has since recovered yeah! from his ordeal. Wilson. I, it's so funny. Everybody goes to Wilson. What an impactful character. A volleyball that yeah. we're all like, Without, without Wilson, there is no castaway. That movie yeah. is just weird without Wilson. <laughs> so this gave me these... 
So I had forgotten this story completely. 100% had blocked this from my memory, which okay. I, I, I don't know how many times I've done that because I don't remember the other ones. So I was a pretty good athlete growing up, but then in Maryland, they didn't offer volleyball for men. They didn't have boys or men's volleyball. Fuck that. Which is weird. It was either basketball, wrestling, or I don't know what else they did in the winter, but I loved volleyball and I wanted to play indoor volleyball. So I heard about, I, this is probably eighth grade or ninth grade. Yeah. <laughs> and so I went from Catholic school to a huge public high school in Baltimore that year. So I heard about a CYO, like a, a Catholic league, uh, co-ed volleyball indoor team. Okay. And I was like, this sounds great. And they were like, hey, we have eight teams. Every team plays every team twice. And then two best records play for a little like final mm -hmm. or whatever. And we had good players. We had this woman named Jen who played on the high school I went to. She was very good. And we were good. We won our first five games. And it was really fun. We had practices, but it felt really cool. And we would play other like Catholic schools. And it was really interesting because uh, it would be like parents would come, even though it wasn't really a real sport. Mm -hmm. But parents would be like, I love my child. I want them to go to you know, Syracuse yeah, yeah. or wherever they stay on the East Coast. So I get a ride with a friend though, uh, who, whose parents took us. And we go to this St. Ursula. <laughs> we went to play St. Ursula. And we go to this church, which is already weird, and then we go to like the rec room next to the church where normally I guess like core, I don't know, chorus or choir or something practices yeah. or something. And they were like, no, the game's gonna be in that room. So for those who don't know, this place had a 10 or 11 foot ceiling that was a drop ceiling. So drop top. Also, why would we know? Those who didn't this go to St. Ursula in for us Baltimore. If you didn't go to St. Ursula what the Baltimore. rec room at St. Ursula's is like. Just filling everybody in so we're all on the same page. <laughs> St. Ursula's, the saint of eels. The saint of not high ceilings. Yeah. A volleyball net is seven feet, 11 and five eighths inches. Jesus, very specific. So specific, you wonder if the dude that made it up just <laughs> said, this is right, and then they measured it, and they're like, shouldn't it be 12 feet? He's like, fuck that shit. No. 7, no. 11, 5, 8. Did you want it to be 12 and you fucked up? No. It's 7 feet, 11, 5, this 8 inch. This is right. <laughs> this rec room, fully carpeted. This rec room... With 10 or 11 foot ceilings. So just to give you an idea, the yeah. table to the ground, to the stage, is how much room we had to hit the volleyball. <laughs> <laughs> no out of bounds. They just taped along the walls. And there are windows all along this wall. There's no standing room for parents. The parents came in, you know, jackets on stuff. And they're like, yeah, we want to see our children that we, uh, we, we conceive them or we raise them or we brush their teeth and fed them for 13 to 15 years. We want to see them play indoor volleyball. A priest said no. That priest who introduced himself ended up being the referee of the game. Cool. So our best player was Jen. Um, she was so good. She was so nervous that on the first serve, uh, oh, we weren't allowed to serve underhand. We, you were allowed in other places, but they knew you would just hit the ceiling. So they were like, no underhand serves, guys. So half our team was like, we're fucked. We're done. This is over. Yeah, you're 13 to 15. There's not a lot who are like, so bam. Yeah. <laughs> Correct. 
I could easily have jumped and just touched the ceiling. Every, like, there it is. So you played a 25, and it was best two out of three games win. Uh-huh. Here we go. Jen gets back there, our best player. We all have on knee pads, by the way, because we're used to playing on hardwood floors, like basketball floors. So when you dive, you slide. But when a cloth knee pad hits a rug, you buckle. <laughs> People are scorpioning and like bending and crying and getting rug burn all game. First play of the game. Our best player, Jen, serves it. Hits a girl named Megan in the back of the head on our team so hard, <laughs> Megan bites her own tongue and cries the entire game. First play of the game. We played side-out rules, or rally rules, so one point for the other team for that. We're like, come on, guys. They serve, hit the roof, dust falls instantly. So now every time it hits, everybody turns away because they're like, we're going to get asbestos in our eyes. <laughs> Bodies are being broken and strewn upon the floor, <laughs> not unlike Gettysburg. There's blood stains on this carpet and now. Not a person in that room wasn't bleeding or crying. Still game one. Parents who were not allowed in, they had those three vertical rectangular windows, are banging their forearms saying, like, let us in to this <laughs> hellscape, honestly. And so I'm, like, trying to rally a team. I'm like, come on, let's just get this shit over because we're going to be the best team we're going to win. <laughs> I'm pretty tall. There's another guy named Darren. He was very tall. He's a very nice guy. So it goes back and forth. I would say the score was something like 13 to 7 at this point, and everybody is having a mental breakdown. And the other team serves it to the back row. I don't know how they got it under. Just runs across the drop ceiling. Somebody bumps it. I said it. A bump in a set is very common. In classic. <laughs> it's a classic, classic one-two punch. Classic V-ball, baby. Followed by a spike. This is how you win at volleyball. So I get down on one knee and probably tear my ACL on the, on the <laughs> burnt orange stained carpet. I said it. <laughs> when, do you remember the first time you saw an adult cuss? No, like an no, adult, no, like no, some, not your mom or something. No, like an I grew adult. up in Jersey. Everyone's just like, go fuck yourself at all times. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> That is true. <laughs> it's like, what do you want on your fucking sub, you piece of shit? <laughs> Shrimp toast on weed. <laughs> I remember my first time seeing a grown adult cuss besides my parents being like, ouch or shit or whatever. It's when I set that ball and it hit the drop ceiling. And Darren... Midair, arm back. <laughs> the ceiling dislodges and starts the tile. But Darren's already swinging his arm. The ball's already down here on Darren. And so he can't stop, but he tries to. And so his arm hits the tile directly into his lip, which just bursts into blood. And just dust bunnies and debris. <laughs> There's live wires. And so I'm on the ground setting it, so I turn like this and see the priest referee go, oh, fuck. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> the parents storm in. They called the game, and the entire league got disbanded. We never played another game. Oh, fuck. And that is bananas, That is bananas. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much, guys. We'll be out there selling some merch, taking some pics. Come say hi. Let's all do this before we leave. Everybody yell bananas as loud bananas as you can. On three. One, One, two, two three. Bananas is an Exactly Right Media production. Our producer and engineer is Katie Levine. The Catchy Bananas theme song was composed and performed by Kahan. Artwork for Bananas was designed by Travis Millard. And our benevolent overlords are the great Karen Kilgariff and Georgia Hardstark. And Lisa Maggot is our full human, not a robot intern. Bananas. Bananas. Bananimals, follow Bananas on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you love what you hear, feel free to rate and review our little show. And of course, please visit exactlyrightstore.com to purchase Bananas merch.